You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. It's America. And Teresa. Yeah, she is. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Today, we're going to talk about something that is really hard for me today specifically, but in general... How do I slow things down? How do I get to a place where the things in my head are coherent enough that I can move forward? You said today is a particularly hard day? Yeah. (laughs) Why? Because I just feel like my brain is moving faster than my body can. Wait, that's not life? Uh, no, I don't know. I I can't think about life in general. Right now, I'm talking about today, the things today. But I mean, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, I think this is a very common experience, especially from with somebody that is doing many things at once, being many people at one time. Or if you have anxiety. A brother. <laughs> or if you have the gift of anxiety. Or have you been touched welcome. by anxiety in your life? <laughs> <laughs> So given the discomfort that we have, I think we both have experience with this. My whole life, I live with anxiety and probably like in my family, generalized anxiety, absolutely. But on top of that, we have a lot of trauma. So I have Mm. like complex PTSD on top of anxiety and the two are best friends, you know? I feel you. you In a funny way. So I was lamenting with someone where I was like, wait, people have slow brains. (laughs) And I was like, what is that even like? Can you tell me what it's like if today is a different day for you because your brain is working extra fast? Can you just describe for me what it feels like to not have my brain? Yes. I think that's a very good starting place. On a better day in terms of, of space and time that exists in my head, the processing of information is much more linear I'm able to really focus on the things that I that I need to do, talk about, and break them down into smaller little tasks or something that then it's easier for me to check off and be like, oh, I've done it. Where today I just feel like I got to do this. I, I have to do this. Oh, and I forgot last week I didn't do this. And oh, by the way, and that tends to be also exacerbated. You know, you make it worse by other things that just pile on. So today I feel particularly amped up. Yeah. Wow. It's so silly that it was the simplest thing that you just described, but I realize that's why you're so organized. What I just labeled as messiness in my life, like I'm a messy person. I I labeled it as me being a less a messy person, not Like my environment is a reflection of my brain, which obviously, (laughs) but even how I work, the way I run tasks, the way that I manage my relationships with my staff and with you and my husband, right? Because And he'll say things all the time. Like he he always is upset at me because he doesn't have my attention. (laughs) I feel you. I was like, I'm paying attention to you. But maybe he can sense that I'm I'm really not. And we talk about this all the time. Like I that's very clear. Oh, I can totally sense that. When when my when I'm having a conversation with my fiance, I out of out of experience, I have come to the place where and, and he has to do this to me too, where I'm like, 
babe, I need you to put your phone down. I need you to turn off the TV. I need you to do X things so that you can focus on what I'm talking about. And even then, if I go, like he calls it a dissertation when you go on one of your dissertations. <laughs> and then I, I, I just lose my path. And I'm like, okay. So now I know like I have to just say little tidbits, response. Little tidbit, response, right? And instead of like blah, 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 blah. Okay, I, I feel like this would be a good venting session because my brain is literally like this. I, even even when I'm trying to slow down, I don't I don't tell myself I need to slow down before I even recognize I need to slow down, but I definitely have multiple thoughts running at the same time. Like I can work on multiple, like I'm working on multiple projects in my head at the same time. So even when I'm supposed to be present with one person, I feel a pressure or my brain is like, oh, there's this thing. And then sometimes there's a fear in me like, if you don't address this thing right now, because this is when your brain is remembering it, you're going to forget. Mm. Like yep. you forget all these other things in your life. So then that happens. And and so then I, fe I feel a lot of pressure to tackle it. And I've never been able to make lists. Like I cannot for the life of me understand why I cannot make a list. It's because I feel like by the time I finished my list, I've already finished the things on my list and I have 10 more things on my list. Yeah. Which is not true. It's just that my brain told me that that's true. And then I'll be, I'll tell myself something like, you need to be present or mindful right here to do this thing. And even when I'm doing it, it's so it's so hard. I don't know if it's my anxiety brain or bad habits, but I'll do that. I'll be like, oh no, this came up to go text this person right now. Do that. And it's not ADHD because my anxiety makes me so scared to accomplish nothing that I accomplish everything. <laughs> you know, there's I do all the things, but I do them all at once in a very chaotic way. But everything you've described, I've also done. And recently there's been a lot of of talk about that. Like, um, if you watch like TikTok or whatever, you know, there are like many times it's women that are consistently having like 30 million things in their head and they're processing. Totally. And be, yeah. And, and I function in the same way. And when you talk about like trying to be mindful about different things, like for example, you remember, oh, I have to send this text. You do it right then because your brain is focused enough at that moment to do it. And I do, do that too. Yeah. yeah. This is the way my anxiety brain that I call my anxiety brain makes me hyper efficient. Mm. I don't know the way I was raised. Yeah, it was a lot of expectation that you just did a lot of things. And so mm -hmm. I trained myself to do a lot of things to and take care of all of them. very little in return. Maybe expect a lot, a lot less in return or mm -hmm. even, even what's actually made me more pissed recently is why did I never think that this was not the way to operate? That's a whole different conversation, babe. I know, um, but that's part of it because not understanding yeah. or believing that you deserve things to be slow makes me operate like I should keep moving at the pace that I move. Yes. Because I don't literally deserve it. Like it's not what I'm supposed to do. And this is just in the way that life is fast paced and like expecting a lot and technology and blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, an anxiety spiral is totally different because that's like when you get into ruminating thoughts and repetitive negative thinking and getting – and I call that my anxiety spiral. Like when I get into a spiral and I could spend like 15 minutes like just – it's like the opposite. <laughs> well, you're kind of there. <laughs> it's kind of – am I there? Have I gone into that space? I'm like, I oh, yeah, yeah, I did this other thing and I'm like now I'm in this space and I'm just going to sit and think about this one thing over and over and over and over. 
I think there's there's value in in understanding where those emotions come from, right? And the way that we operate. I, I tro- totally believe that because unless somebody kind of guides you down a path of knowing, hey, or kind of bringing you to understand things don't have to function like that, you wouldn't really question it because that's just the way that you do things. But this idea of slowing down for me is not only tied to like the things that we have to do, right? Like the responsibilities that we have, but it allows for us to, I'm going to use be mindful, right? But be very present in the interactions that we have, which sometimes can feel like they're rushed. And I know from my experience, like, it's just like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to, instead of really feeling whatever I feel in that moment or allowing the other person that I'm talking to, to feel. Yeah. Which sucks when you think about it. The practice of slowing your brain down is the practice of mindfulness. Yeah. Or radical acceptance, which we've kind of talked about, right? Because at some point in the fastness, you have to say, stop and just let yourself be in this suffering (laughs) in a different way. Like don't, Spend all your time ruminating about how you're pissed at it. Just can you switch the way you're thinking? Like an example. I don't know if you've experienced. Have you experienced this where you had something you expected? <laughs> Always. I'm not good. Okay. Spend a lot of money on something. You want it to turn out a certain way. And it's a big project. So you've spent like all your savings on <laughs> making this thing happen. I don't know. It could be like getting a new apartment. Or for me, it was like, fixing my backyard, you know, like, can I just fix this one section of a place where I can have peace? And it was, didn't turn out that way. It was like, there were elements of it where things were moving too fast. And so the way that the outcome was, there are a lot like flaws. Like one example is we poured new concrete, but we poured it when my tree was dropping flowers and now my concrete has an entire 300 square foot section of literal leaf imprints. <laughs> and I swear to you, for like a month, I would just ask myself, what if? What if I had put up a tarp? What if they had told me? Why didn't they tell me? Blah, 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 blah. I would go out there and I would just look at the stupid floor. I mean, like, this isn't your fault. You're so stupid. Why didn't you anticipate this happen? Why didn't you plan this at a different time? And like, that is so unproductive. And I had to practice radical acceptance. So I realized I was in a bad spot. I go out, I went out there and I touched the freaking leaf imprints on the concrete. And it was just like, you are beautiful in your own way. You had to come to terms. I feel you. Okay. Part of this conversation, like how do you slow your brain down from going down one kind of spiral and allowing your brain to shift into a different way of thinking and and just slow down the thoughts and the emotions that are consuming you about this thing, this one thing? Oh, man. Okay. That, that brings up something that's, that, oh, I can feel it. And this is, this is where I'm going. Okay. You talk about this project, but it's tied to even how we react to situations in our life, like in our personal relationships and how we receive certain aspects. So the one thing that comes into my head is Valentine's Day is coming, right? So everybody, all they there's all of these expectations about like, oh, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to get... And so 
in the past, I've come to a place where I'm just like, you're supposed to, meaning my fiance, you're supposed to do like all these things. You're supposed to give me flowers and stuff. And then one year he was like, why don't you just let me do what I'm going to do? Mm. I will probably get there, but I don't need you to tell me that that's what I need to do. And I was like, and, and I just want to be like, okay, okay, and no, let it go. No, let it be like, just I'm let it be in control. <laughs> yes. And so that is also tied to this aspect of slowing things down to know how you're reacting, maybe based on how emotionally uh, attached you are to whatever situation. Mm hmm. And even even in you take it to this other place of how you still try to manage, I feel like you're just holding on and trying to juggle all these things. And mm -hmm. then the one thing that you didn't anticipate happens, like mm -hmm. leaves on your concrete and you're like, oh, yeah. or the person you thought was going to show up didn't show up. Yes. Or they didn't send the text or... It's been yeah. seven days since they texted you and you felt like you had this amazing connection and you're like, uh. Yeah. Because the worst form of that spiral is the combo of control and rejection. Oh, God. Because I can be upset about my concrete, but I will tell you I ruminate way more when you're right, when the when the when there's a relational aspect and the, the spiral is about something that also reflects like, am I worthwhile? And like, do mm -hmm. they care? And blah, blah, blah. Like, yes. Why do we want control? Can you, can you tell me why you want control? Like, it's funny because I don't feel like I have a person that has a lot of control in my life. So I have to, I have to spend some time to think about this, right? Like, because I have family, my, I have family where for them, the way their anxiety really is they really want to control. And it causes a lot of problems in relationships where they'll say things to people or say no to people or, and then we're like, why are you acting like such a jerk? Or it, it's hard because we'll call them selfish. And that's not fair because we're not being empathic about, you know, like I can tell like you're not trying to be selfish here. It's really that your anxiety is making you feel like you you don't want to let go of control or release what's happening or just accept that this is where you can maintain what you want and you still have to compromise, you know? I think part of the issue of control is in being able to navigate spaces safely. And safe, safely is not just physical. I mean, like emotional safety, right? Yeah. Knowing what to what to expect and the possibilities of maybe anticipating potential areas of danger and being able to like, you know, move oh, around yeah. enough. You know? Oh yeah, no, I know what that means. Okay, yeah, so yeah. for sure, maybe I'm in denial because I'm definitely <laughs> contingency planning. I call that, and these kinds of thought processes, your contingency plans, your what ifs and why and should haves, and they're all part of your your planning brain that's very fast. Part and of it too though. Is true. You're right. Yeah. Safety and control are tied together. Now, when we are kind of trying to rethink how we can do better for ourselves, I think it's important for us to consider what needs are really focused attention mm -hmm. and what doesn't, right? Like me having a conversation with you, Teresa, about my feelings, I think is important. Me talking to you about what coffee we had yesterday, not so much. Mm -hmm. So... I think being able to slow your brain down enough to be able to recognize those differences mm -hmm. is like a first step. And then you moving forward and being like, okay, 
Let me start here. This is especially tricky for the anxiety brain because when I'm in an anxiety spiral, I've convinced my brain that what I'm telling you, what I'm ruminating about my brain is so important, right? Mm. And sometimes I'll have a spiral out loud, which I don't do often. I've trained myself to internal spiral (laughs) because you get in trouble when you external spiral and I'll like spiral spiral and people are like, they don't have patience for it, right? (laughs) Because, yeah, to them, it's like, why why are you telling me about this thing? It can be unnerving because the person may not know how to respond. You know, like, are you just telling me because you need help? Are you just telling me you just want me to listen? And I experienced this with my husband who even – I think this is – in this, we talk about how mental health symptoms are all on a spectrum, right? So he might not say that he has diagnosable anxiety, but he, he we've labeled what he does as out loud processing. So he has to out loud process, whereas I've learned to internalize my, my, my thoughts. Mm-hmm. He, he still – and sometimes I'm like, yeah, I say exactly what you say to him. I'm like, why are you telling me this? Do you want me to do something about it? Do you want me mm-hmm. to listen? We talked about this with relation to your like, yeah, your attaboys. You're like, I'm gonna tell you all the t- chores and all tasks the things that I do today. today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's interesting because that's a form of like when you're getting in your planning phase and you don't know how to slow that down and you're externalizing those thoughts and needs. Totally. And us as people on the other side, like we we have our own things that are in our head and we don't know how to we don't know how to d- we don't know how we're supposed to process the information you're putting out. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. So you're saying part of learning for you how to slow things down is recognizing when you're supposed to speak the thoughts out loud and not totally. I agree, but it didn't necessarily slow the thoughts in your head. And that's the problem is like, even when you've learned not to externalize, meaning like speak out loud the thoughts in your head, it doesn't mean that your brain slowed down, which is where you are hitting today, where you're like, oh, my brain's still going, 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 going to the point where I'm word salading. I'm not, I say, when I'm in my worst spiral space, I say words that I don't mean to say. I can't type. It's like, mm-hmm. somebody's like, I have dyslexia because I'm swapping words. <laughs> I'm, I can't focus because I'm trying to write one thing, but something else is coming out. And that's what that I think looks like for a lot of mental health conditions is when your brain is just working so many so fast with so many wires crossing. I think that's where word salad and like some things that we see in extreme mental health conditions comes from, right? You, you, you like completely personified this idea of like, boop, boop, boop. I got 70 things that's happening in my brain. I'll tell you as soon as I can because I'm not sure I'll ever keep them in my head ever again. So I'm going to say this thing. I think all of that is true. But in the same line of what I'm thinking, the other aspect is to literally move my body to a different location to like <gasps> disconnect from like, you have to send 75,000 emails and like, no, I'm, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to go to the kitchen. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm disengaging mm-hmm. from whatever external stressor. Yes. You know, yes. to then be like, I gotta, I gotta disconnect to move forward. Absolutely. And sometimes I, I've started taking walks literally just because of that. And I find like I will take a 30-minute walk and it isn't even 15 minutes into my walk before I, my brain has learned to off switch yep. from the train that it's on. 
So totally true. Yeah. It takes a while and it is a practice. Like I ha- now that I'm I'm trying to walk every day because I'm realizing like it's been actually very unhealthy for me to sit at my desk for eight hours straight and just <laughs> churn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not good for my health. So then I, I it makes you think or have a lot of empathy for people whose jobs they have to sit and just like be on a phone all day long. You're like, that's But it's, it's, you know, one of the things that I think is very useful for folks too is like, maybe you don't have the opportunity to go out for a walk, but if you can disengage in some way, right, like moving to another, another part of the, the room or something. And in even many cases, like turning off our phone, silencing, putting it away, not having available to you or the TV, right? Because I, I know I do it. I could put on a show and I'm and I'm flipping through my phone and I'm just like, what are you doing? Are All you watching TV or are you on your phone? Right? Not even so, watching TV. Yeah, your brain's <laughs> not, not. It's so bombarded. So part of that is then figuring out. Okay, wow. Remember, you knew how to read books. Why don't you actually grab a book, hard cover, soft cover, paperback in your hands? It is a that reading books. Oh, look at us. Is this a serendipitous thing? Yeah. I had the same like feeling that you had where I was like, I know something is not right with the way my brain is working. And I feel like reading a book is a kind of slow practice that I know will help retrain my brain to disconnect from the internet. Yes. Or TV. Even, and mind you that we're on a podcast and I listen to a lot of podcasts too. That in itself is very calming for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to do anything else, but I'm I'm just focused on what I'm listening to, you know? Yeah. When I've had moments where I was overwhelmed, and n- normally I could tell, like, if you don't slow your brain down, you're going to have an anxiety attack. Yeah. And God forbid, not a panic attack, right? But like an anxiety attack. I have practiced this and I do talk to my clients about this practice but you know you have to catch yourself catch yourself in the moment you know when you're just like runaway thoughts you're angry you're just like going in circles about whatever it is that's pissing you off about your relationship or whatever and like catch yourself tell yourself stop and then I love what you're saying about taking a walk but sometimes that doesn't that's not available to someone and I don't know if you use grounding techniques yeah in the in the process of slowing down this is very specific to like how to manage intrusive thoughts and like just slowing your brain down but i noticed that i i started to i'm never a scent person i used to always use physical touch but the purpose of grounding is to say like right now you're in your head i you need to tell yourself physically to stop and then you have to engage in a process where you attend to your five senses to get yourself out of your head so just put something else in your brain that aren't those thoughts and i used to use touch a lot cuz for some reason in my head i used to think like touch helped me to ground myself. So I just touched the desk and I would just be like, this desk is cold. The desk is flat. Be here right now. Come down to the ground. You're going to be fine. And that's what I used to do when I was still struggling with a lot of safety issues, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like grounding physically. But I did notice as I was like now in my older age, like I'm lighting candles. (laughs) My older age. This old lady. The same thing with like yarn. I mean, this so old lady, just like touching yarn, grounding yourself with touch on yarn or scent. Like if I can introduce some element in my 
surrounding that's something that's different, it did seem to have a disarming or calming effect to my brain. So I've started lighting candles at my desk and I can tell when I light a candle, it does something for my brain where I'm like, there's the candle. It smells good. That's interesting, babe. Don't think about the stupid thoughts in your head. Appreciate this candle. <laughs> I think for me, where that comes up is when Rocco, my dog, comes and and he, I don't know, maybe he senses I'm just overly mm. excited and he'll come and he will bring me his toy. And then my focus then goes to him and his toy and, and playing with him for a little bit. And inevitably, I come back to whatever's needed, but I come back to it with like, Oh, okay. I love that. It's so You need something to snap you out of that space, yeah. right? Like it's not yeah. cuz you can kind of get trapped in it and do the million things or just have all the thoughts all the time. So yeah. Let me ask you something that I've also seen that some people are doing, which I haven't done, but then when I saw it I was like, dude, I wonder if that would really work for me. You know how people are putting like their face in ice baths? And it's it's a it's a way of um like helping with anxiety. Some folks use it for anxiety. Others are using it for better skin. But the idea of like this flush of, you know, direct change in temperature is just like, which I think it's very interesting because it relates to what you're saying around our senses. We need to disengage from the sense that is overly bombarded yeah. And you and work on the others. Ice is painful. So if you're putting your face in ice, like that's shooting your body with a lot of endorphins and a lot of these kinds of chemicals in your, that your brain can use to that gives you something different than, you know, engaging in substance use or any other addictive behaviors that we 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 turn to to self-medicate. And so I've seen it in that context um but I have definitely worked with people where we're like let's go shove your arm into an ice bath. Yeah. <laughs> into, into the ice bucket in the freezer just Go sh- go do that, or some kids we've talked about like hold a cube of ice in your hand because they can't stop school and just go mm-hmm. <laughs> shove yeah. their face in a bath of ice, you know. But I do, yeah, I think that's in line with that practice, that sense, right? You need something, you need something equally extreme to pull you out of that headspace. Yeah, yeah, taking breaths, box oh, that's breathing, cute. you know, taking deep, long breaths. Focusing on your breath, slowing down your process, just saying stop and and attending to something different than the runaway train of thoughts. Yeah. What I like about these things too are they don't take a lot of time. Like you and I, we can spend all day just being go, 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 go. But as a practice, I think why so many people like meditation or things like that is because the more you do it, the less time it takes for your brain to get back to that headspace. And so if you've never been in that practice, sometimes you have to practice meditating for a long period of time. But for I think that for people who do things pretty regularly, then it it doesn't take that long. So right now, for example, I told you to take a 30-minute walk. It takes me 15 minutes to finally clear out my brain, and then I can enjoy the last 15 minutes. I think over time, my goal is that you know, is it like I'll have five minutes where I'm still ruminating, but then mm-hmm. I'll have 25 minutes where I'm just in here on the walk looking at the trees right. and like allowing my brain to rest. Yeah. Sometimes in, in the warmer months, one of the things that um, 
I think is really useful is to go outside and not everybody can do this because they don't like the sensation, but like go literally like walk without shoes, like in the garden or on grass or something. And it's a whole different feel. I don't know what it does, but it's something. It does something because I've done it before and you're like, oh, maybe the cooling sensation of the earth. I don't know. But anything that I think will help you refocus enough to a place that you feel you have more sense of control, right? Because yeah. that's what we get back to, like where we just feel like we don't have that. I think that's why that practice that we talked about, we've talked about several times where you just stop yourself, assess what happened and how it makes you feel and assess your need. Yeah. Is, is that, what do I need right now? Because your brain is going down this spiral where it tells you you're upset about something, but unless you slow it down to say, well, why are you upset for reals? Like, what is it that makes you so upset right now? And get to the root of that upsetness because we stay at such a surface level. All we know is we're yeah. mad. Like, all I know is I'm mad and I'm hurt you. You hurt me for some reason. I don't know why we can stay in that ruminating space for so long without really taking the time to say, well, what is it that made you feel hurt? And what is it right now that you need to feel better is something that as a practice, we're so bad at. Yeah. I mean, in that example, you're really talking about the relational aspect of this. And then my my brain goes to the, the internal self-awareness that we have to have that can get us to a place of improved understanding of, of really how we can then say, oh, I haven't eaten today, but... At the end of the day, if you're able to focus enough to identify what you need to feel better, like you were saying, that can get you to slow down that train enough that you can take control of it again. Yeah, to hop on a different train, a more controlled train, the train that makes you feel better, the train that you want to be on instead of, I call the anxiety shame spiral where you're just like, where you just are running, I'm running to that train, I'm going to hop on it, I'm going to ride this, because I don't know why that space feels good in its own different way. Probably the depression and the self-pity or whatever. But yeah, like it's it's not really good in the long run. It's That train is the one that gets me into my bad traps. It gets me into the space where I make excuses for why it's okay for me to engage in my bad habits. <laughs> this topic is, it touches on so many different aspects of how we're managing our life, but it touches on relationship. It touches on mental health challenges. And it's, I think slowing down your brain is at the crux of mental health wellness recovery. I could not do anything unless I learned to slow things down. Agreed. Keep on fighting in the open. 